So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Welcome to episode 57 of So There. So There. I'm Tom Karamitis. And I'm Gary Doyle. I'm thrown off here. I've, I've, I've got new headphones and I'm, they're not working right. So you keep talking. I'm switching headphones as we talk. Just a little peek behind the curtain. Whoa. Our listeners are intrigued. It's a little like being backstage at the documentary. Uh, it's a little like being back backstage at the documentary. Our listeners are intrigued right now at the peek behind the curtain it's a little bit like the DeSantis launch where everything was going wrong and and DeSantis kept saying uh okay on Twitter it's a I'm saying Tom this is a little bit like the DeSantis launch on Twitter where it's sort of gone off <laughs> gone off the rails and there's like there's like that echo noise like hello, 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 hello. The, you know I heard about that I didn't actually hear the recording of uh it sounds I know you're a lit. big Ron DeSantis fan so I'm sure it was a Huge disappointment for you. <laughs> I will say one thing about Ron DeSantis. Uh oh. Good head of hair. Good head of hair. Interesting. I remember I've those never, days well. I've never heard anybody call that out about him. I mean, I suppose it's true, but it's interesting you call that out. <laughs> well, you know, there was really something funny. Years ago, there was one of the pre presidential debates, and they asked each candidate, I thought it was actually a really good question. It was a real, I don't remember who the debate was between, but they, the moderator towards the end asked each candidate to say something they admire about the other candidate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. And I just thought if I was asked that question about Ron DeSantis, I'd say he's got a hell of a good head of hair. <laughs> That's why you'll never run for president. That's not, you're supposed to give an answer that is a little bit more gravitas than that. I know that. It's Tom Karamitis being, you know, a little coy. <laughs> okay. What's on yeah. your mind, Tom? Well, um... You know what's on my mind is something you started me on the last couple podcasts. Uh, public restrooms Whoa. are on my mind. Whoa. And um, I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, I, I know you've been talking a lot lately about the whole protocol of which, which stall you take in an empty restroom and somebody comes in the stall next to you and all of that. Uh, and, but I had, a, I had an interesting discovery in our public restroom at, at, at the Leo Burnett Company. Um, uh, and uh, and I walked into a stall, and um, the lid was closed on the toilet. And I thought, ah, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. What's going on in there? You know? And I was, you know, my, my first instinct was to, you know what? I, maybe I should just go to another stall. Maybe there's some kind of disaster in there that I don't want to see. And I thought, you know what? No, because this is my favorite stall. Somebody's closed the lid in my favorite stall. So what I did was, with the lid still closed, I flushed. I did a power flush. Was, uh, there, and then something I in, was there something in there? I didn't look first. I flushed with the lid closed. Wow. And then after I flushed, I opened the lid. And it, everything was fine. But it got me thinking about um, something else I, I tend, I'm going to want to start doing in public restrooms. And that's what I call, even if the lid is open, the preemptive flush. 
you know, if there's any molecules at all of the previous visitor, I want to do all I can to extricate them from the environment, right? I want to go in with a clean environment, so a preemptive flush before I even commit to using that stall. Well, that's interesting on a couple of levels. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me is most public restrooms don't have a lid for the True. toilet. So I find True. it interesting that Leo Burnett's restrooms have lids, so I'm a little bit baffled. I'm a little bit flummoxed by that. I know it's good. You know, yes, I, 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 that never occurred to me, but I think you're absolutely right. I, I think you know it's always been good manners to shut the toilet seat the toilet cover if you're in somebody's home or whatever is it uh well i always thought that they said well no what is you know you, no it's it's i'm sorry you, you're supposed to leave the seat up or down what what's you know what i'm supposed know to do pro- i i don't know of a protocol okay but i, I, th- I, mean, was- I also think that but i also think the preemptive flush is interesting like what are you trying to accomplish there if clearly it's already been flushed and it's clean water Clearly, it's been flushed, but this is, you know, it would be kind of the equivalent to me of, um, you know, one final rinse of your hands, you know, one final, just in case, you know, you, you don't know what went on with the previous visitor. You don't know what was no. going on in there, you know? No, no, no idea. Yeah, a little bit of toilet paper that was still in there. I didn't see if there was a, you know, whatever, you know? It's, you know, sometimes people will flush before. And, and not really check if if everything has been eliminated. You know, that's just my final boom. Now we're ready to go. It's game time. So there. Tom, your your story of the bathroom um, reminds me of I've, I've spoken of I've spoken of the episodes I've had in in the in the bathrooms at work where there's like five there's five stalls but and all of them are empty but somebody unaccountably sits right next to you i think there's a subset i've been thinking about this and i think tell me if you agree there's a subset when i think about that of people who just crave connection with other people and want to be close to them so i think about the person that comes and you know sits down next to you even though there's 12 different open stalls um, I'm sure you've experienced this. Another another example of this is, let's say you walk into an elevator and there's another person in the elevator and you press the floor and you're waiting to go to your floor and you sense this person wants to talk to you. You just sense it. They want they want connection. They want they want to talk to you. People in the elevators that just kind of you can tell want to talk and and a lot of times they'll finally talk and say uh, beautiful weather or something. But they just you know they just want to. They just want to talk. Like, I think there's people like this. Like, I just had a, I had another encounter a, f- a few weeks ago. I was swimming at my gym, and there's like a, a six-lane pool, and I'm swimming, and I'm the only lane on the far end to the left. And and I, I, I finish a lap, and I look up to kind of go back and swim to the other end, and there's this woman looming right over me in the next in the next lane, getting ready to jump in. And I'm like, why would you swim right next to somebody? When you've got six lanes open, it's just the whole thing. I think I think there's people who who like to be around other people. You know, uh, 
Yeah, and the problem with your pool example is you have really no place to hide. You have, like the elevator scenario, you can sense that desire for somebody to start talking with you and you can fake looking at emails on your phone. You can, you can do the old George Costanza look, look like you're in a hurry and angry and people assume you're really busy at work and stuff. But in a pool... Yeah, you're na- you're you know figuratively and almost literally you're naked, right? I don't understand it. Yeah, is it is it the same? Is it the same people who at the grocery store will just leave their cart in the middle of the aisle while they peruse the different options on baked beans, and you can't get by? I think that's I a guess totally not. different uh, that's thing. Different. Uh, you're right. That's different. That's different. <laughs> It's irritating yet different. So there. Hey, Gary, last last time on episode 56 of So There, I, uh, I tried to have you explain to me a tagline that I had seen in an Infinity commercial. And we discussed it for a while. And that tagline was, Luxury that lets you feel infinitely you. Well, much to my chagrin, one of Infinity's comp- competitors, Audi, presented me with a tagline in a commercial I saw last night. And, and they said, and this is even more vexing to me, because progress is a matter of character. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. There's this young, successful-looking woman at the end of the commercial, lots of running footage. She gets out of her car. She looks right down the, the barrel of the camera, right down the lens, and she says, because progress is a matter of character. There's a lot of inane taglines in automotive advertising these days, and I'm not sure why. Cars, I you know, I work on Porsche at work a lot, and, and I love cars and I love car advertising and one of the reasons I love it is that cars are a product that a lot of people care about you know it's not like most of the products we advertise that people don't care about you have to make them care about it well a lot of people do care about cars and so that's one thing I really like about it but there used to be so many great automotive taglines um I mean Porsches there is no substitute uh BMW the ultimate driving machine I mean, they're just indelible taglines. What happened? Now there's these, you know, like you said, it's like infinitely, <laughs> infinitely you. It's like the, the original tagline was luxury that's you. And someone said, that's, we got to push it further. It's not enough to just be you. It needs to be forever you. Yes, which is why I think as bad as that one is, I, I, the Audi one it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's not there's a, it's not even a thought that I understand. What what does someone's character have to do with progress? I mean, a lousy person with lousy character can still come up with some kind of innovation. <laughs> I turn to you because what? you are the wordsmith. You are, you are the creative director. You are the writer by trade. So what um, does this mean? <laughs> um, 
don't know. What is it again? Because progress is a matter of character. <laughs> I think, I think, I think the holes you've poked in it are valid. I mean, <laughs> progress. You know, I, I, I mean, Elon Musk is somebody that's certainly made a lot of progress. He, he's popularized the electric car. He's, he creates rocket ships that, that go to, into space. He's certainly accomplished a lot. He's, and he's certainly uh, been at the forefront of a lot of progress. But I don't think he has a lot of character or his character is bad. And so, you know, again, I hate to keep coming back to this, but I, I can't, you know, it keeps me up at night. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. There's a lot of things that are worth it that you don't enjoy, you know? Yeah. Root canal, you know, you're going to... You're right. It's worth it. You're going to solve your problem, but it's you're not going to enjoy it. I mean, changing the oil in your car, speaking of cars, it's worth it, but I don't really enjoy it. I'm so flummoxed. I mean, maybe Audi is, is... If Audi was the only automaker that had... That if they were like head and shoulders above everybody else as far as technology... You, they, they could basically be saying, we're good people, and good people create progress. But everybody's got the same innovations now. It, they, yeah, it's all interchangeable. I, I, anyway, I, I, yeah, I, I was... For, 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 for Yeah, thank you. All right, well, we can move on. So there. Well, well, well just hold on. Before you, before you <laughs> so there this, and by the way, notice how I just used so there as a verb. <laughs> Which will lead summer, to my next summer, topic, but go ahead. Summer greatly. <laughs> You're not going to talk about <laughs> nouns as verbs again, are you? Yes, I've got one, but that's for later. <laughs> okay, so uh, you could sew there in a bit, but uh, I just I just wanted to mention that Audi, you know, first of all, Audi's a fine car, but also for many years, Audi's global tagline was kind of brilliant, and they used it even in English-speaking countries, and it was, you ready for this? It's, it's German, and I'm not going to pronounce it correctly, but Vorsprung durch Technik. Vorsprung durch Technik. You know what that means in English? Yeah. Truth in engineering. I think that's pretty brilliant. Yeah. There's a there's a vast gulf between truth and engineering, and progress is a matter of character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you think of Farfignugan? <laughs> uh, Wasn't that Volkswagen? Yeah, yeah Volkswagen. Yeah. I liked it. It got people talking, and again, yeah. translated, I think Farvergnügen, I believe, meant driving enjoyment. That was the German word for driving enjoyment. So, okay, you know. Although, again, another great tagline that that Volkswagen had years ago was "Drivers Wanted." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now that's okay, right? Yeah. And I think okay, also Tom, with I'm ready. Wait, go ahead. No, I was say. we keep trying to get off this topic, and we can't <laughs> stop talking about it. We have so much character, and we're making so much progress. <laughs> what were we gonna say? Ah, uh, the moment has passed. That's okay. I was, I was really just gonna point out how it, Farfignugan was at a time when I think it was a little bit of a uh, Volkswagen was capitalizing on their their their, their Germanness, their 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 their, their point of differentiation. The, you know, they weren't an American brand, and you know, I, I thought it, there was there was personality and f you know fun. It was also also kind of a funny word to say, you know. So I think it kind of had, had stickiness about it. So 
So there. Was that an approved so there? Or was I allowed to wrap up that topic at that moment? Or are you going to unso there that, me that, again? That, that little pause before you said it, the tension was unbearable. <laughs> I think our listeners listening to this in their car might well have veered off the road at that moment <laughs> and run into a guardrail. Hope, hopefully didn't lose their lives. Tom Karamidas, very dramatic pause before. So there. <laughs> Tom, do you know, I'm sure you've, do you know what a schmuck is? I'm sure you've heard the word schmuck. I was called a schmuck many times by my, uh, my, my boss at the shoe store where I worked in high school. Why did he call you a schmuck? <laughs> I don't know. I was not stocking the shelf correctly. Or was, he used to call me a schmuck. He said, get your hand off your, he said, you're a putz. And he said, get your hand off your schmeckle. Those are the three things he used to say to me. But he loved me, but those are the three things he said to me. What's a schmeckle? Well, you're a schme I don't know what a schmeckle is. But is a this, un is no, this wait, not suitable for work? Well, I, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> your schmeckle, I think, is a euphemism for, you know, your organ. Uh, yeah. Putz and schmuck, I always thought, were kind of the same thing. Yeah. Your boss wasn't Jewish, was he? He was just a wild, just a wild guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, schmuck and pots. Schmo, schmeck. Yeah, schmo schmeckle seems to be something else. But anyway, I started to think about this this the other day. Places, Tom, where you feel like the biggest schmuck in the world. Are you ready? Go. Like Trump would say. Are you ready? So I I thought about this the other day. A place where you, a couple places where you feel like the biggest schmuck in the world. And one is you're at the Costco, right? And you're waiting in line for a free sample. You're like fifth in line, uh, you know, and every and the woman's handing out little pieces of hot dog, <laughs> and you're standing there waiting for your little <laughs> your little piece of hot dog. <laughs> And you're like, ah, oh, I am the biggest schmuck in the world. <laughs> yeah, people can't get by. You're just standing there patiently waiting for well, your little morsel. waiting in line is just pathetic. Like know? a tiny like, little oh, monkey at the God. zoo waiting for the pellet to come out. <laughs> the other place it occurred to me where you just feel like a big schmuck <laughs> is when you're at one of those faucets that are motion activated. And you're just waving your hands like <laughs> underneath it, and you're like, and you're just sitting there, and your hands have soap on it. You're like waving them, and nothing happens, like like a schmuck. And everyone's looking at you, going, "You schmuck." And those are especially prevalent, I find, at O'Hare. Like you got your stuff, and you're wash your hands, and you're like, <laughs> you ever experience that? Oh yeah, I, I've often thought about if you if you totaled up all the seconds and minutes throughout your life you spend doing things like that, you've probably lost a year of your life. <laughs> I think uh, 
you you know one of the things you said to me a long time ago i never forgot when you were at o'hare and it was uh, you know i think it was in the the year or two after 9-11 you know walking out of security barefoot your shoes in one hand your belt in the other hand your pants <laughs> falling down your laptop everything loose you're just trying to find a place to put your life back together and you said to me the terrorists have won <laughs> So there. I remember these little morsels you give me, right? I forget a lot of other things, but those morsels of wisdom, those doyalisms. Little, little morsels like little hot dogs at the Costco <laughs> that you wait in line for. <laughs> so there. Can I give you a little bit of a, uh, a quick noun as verb? Just when we thought it was dead and it's not dead yet. There's Whoa. a brand of. Uh, you, were you were you, in, were you enraged when I when I kind of uh, hijacked this early on talking about so there is a verb. Were you enraged? No, I was actually going to save this for next time, but then you kind of teased it. So thank you. Uh, Club okay, cadet. Go. Thank you. Club Cadet is a line of lawnmowers, and uh, their their tagline is now designed for those who love to lawn. <laughs> I mean, this has gotten so so utterly stupid, <laughs> and it never stops. <laughs> <laughs> whoever uses by the way whoever uses nouns and verbs in conversation like what'd you do this weekend <laughs> I did some hard work really yeah I'll tell you I just love to lawn <laughs> I got a little I got a little you're welcome for you Tom uh you're welcome <laughs> You know what a better tagline for Club Cadet would be? What? Club your lawn. <laughs> you know, dominate it. Club, club your lawn. Show his boss. See, this, the ads just kind of write themselves. You know, it's like you are the master of your green domain. <laughs> Hey, speaking of lawns, though, I want to ask you what you think. And the fact, and, and you're Irish, I want to ask you what you think of the whole the campaign with the, the for Scots fertilizer with this kind of generic Scotsman. <laughs> feed your lawn, feed it. <laughs> what do you think of that guy? Do you find him offensive or do you like it? I like your imitation for one. Do it again. <laughs> feed your lawn, feed it. <laughs> that sounds more like more like Shrek. And the Scots lawn guy. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's it's innocuous. It's not bad. It's it's not bad advertising. It's okay. I, I think I think they could have done a lot more with the Scots lawn guy. Like if you, having a Scot be the spokesman is kind of fun. But I think you could have done a little bit more with them. Although one thing I do like, I like the utterly unnecessary and nonsensical repeating of the tagline. <laughs> Feed it. <laughs> It's it's like it's almost like a command, you know. It's like you know, 
<laughs> it wasn't enough to say feed your lawn. <laughs> feed it. <laughs> All right, but let me ask you a question. W- w- wouldn't he be? What well, when you hear that expression sometimes in in meetings at ad agencies, and they say it's too on the nose. Is he too on the nose or is that just brilliant because he is the name of the product? I think it's kind of brilliant because he has nothing else on his mind. (laughs) 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 He's he's the Scots guy. That's all he thinks about. It's like that old Onion Advice columnist, like, ask an arc welder, and people would write in and say, you know, my teenage daughter is really giving me problems. What should I do? And the arc welder only speaks in arc welding. He's like, well, the first thing you want to do is get an acetylene torch and fire it up with a propane with a propane alcohol mix. <laughs> Apply the right pair of goggles. Like, no, matter, no matter what people say to the Scots guy, he's just, he's just going to go, feed your lord. Feed it. <laughs> Sorry, my, imper- my, impress- my impersonation is not as good as yours. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Tom, I think we've got to go riff some, some scripts for Scots now. <laughs> the Scots guy. So for uh, for Gary Doyle and Tom Karamitis, happy happy Memorial Day. So, so there. there.